welcome to the Office 365 Developer Podcast, the only show focused on Office 365 development where Rich and I talk to the experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 Developer Platform. For more information on Office 365 Development, please visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. Okay, so today on the show, I have Jesper and Sen with me from um, Black Compass. Uh, they've got a product called Visualizer, so welcome to the show, guys. Hello. Thank you very much. So uh, what, you, you're on split time zones, right? So Jesper, where are you based? So I'm actually in North Carolina. I'm sitting in Charlotte right now. Okay. Where, where are you originally from? Uh, I'm originally from Denmark, Copenhagen. All right, okay. So we're all bit, bit travelers. And Sen, where, where are you based? Um, so I'm sitting here in, uh, in Melbourne, Australia. It's 3 a.m. for me right now. <laughs> oh, that, that's pretty hardcore. That was the only problem with doing this. I said to Jesper, is that fine? Is it okay? We're going to get this guy up really early. And yeah, yeah, no, he's fine. He's eager to be on the podcast. I was like, well, okay then. Like, it's going to be pretty hard to find a time zone that works with, uh, with, both, with all the different time zones we've got going on here. But um, I appreciate you both jumping on the call. No problem at all. The, um, I, I know, like we've talked about kind of getting people from partners that build on top of the, uh, the Office 365 platform on the show to talk a little bit more about kind of what their product is and how what they've benefited on by based on building on top of the platform. But just to give us an idea, Jesper, how did you get into Black Compass? What's your background in technology and, and so forth? So I, I've been a SharePoint developer since, uh, let me think, since 2007. Uh, I've known about SharePoint uh, since 2001. Uh, in 2007, when there was a release of SharePoint 2007 and uh, the managed development paradigm for SharePoint. Um, so at the time, I felt really excited about SharePoint, and that's when I got into SharePoint full-time since 2007. Uh, so uh, we started Black Compass in 2009. So since the very beginning, we are 100% focused on SharePoint and Office 65. Uh, so, uh, so we're primarily development company, and uh, we, we, we develop products for SharePoint only. And so how did uh, this, this Visualizer product come about? Yes, but was that something that has taken a long time, or we've been doing SharePoint development for a long time? But um, in 2012, when we when we knew there's going to be an uh, add-in app store for for Office 365 Cloud, we got really excited. The idea of this product existed for quite a while, uh, maybe a few years before that. But uh, in 2012, we we realized there's a unique opportunity here to be able to do easy to use applications that's geared towards the business user, delivered all through the cloud. So that that's, that's when we started to develop this product. But the idea existed a few years before, um, but the, the, the way the product is, is packaged and delivered, it's really very much tied in with the timeline, with the app, the, the app store. So in terms of the product, what does it actually do? Black Compass Visualizer is perhaps the easiest data visualizer for SharePoint and uh, Office 65. So here we have a very easy-to-use add-in that's geared towards the end user. Uh, very easy to use, and everything happens in the browser. Uh, so as a result, any user, business user, developers, or IT professionals, they can use this easy-to-use app to visualize data in their SharePoint environment, including Office 65. So we used a lot of uh, latest HTML5 and CSS3 technology, uh, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a SharePoint data visualizer, so it's specifically SharePoint. So it has SharePoint-specific features like visual columns, it respects SharePoint permissions, has web path packs, uh, respects SharePoint list views and filters and things like that. 
so easy to use app for for the end user. And so from a technology perspective, you're calling a SharePoint list, you're using the SharePoint APIs. Did you use the REST API or did you use like an SDK, like the CSOM SDK to get at the data in the SharePoint lists? We use uh, primarily the JavaScript CSOM API. Yeah. And um, when you were calling that, obviously it looks like you're using uh, a SharePoint hosted application. Is that correct? Uh, That's absolutely correct. So architecturally, it's a SharePoint hosted app. Everything happens in the browser and uh, there's no server side code at all. Is that typically what you've done in the past with SharePoint is being all client side like that? Because traditionally with Farm Solutions, when I was a consultant, you were kind of writing C-sharp and ASP.NET code directly into SharePoint pages on the same execution stack. And really, with the SharePoint hosted adding model, now it's essentially all JavaScript. There's no kind of easy way to write .NET code. So how did that change your mindset of how you were building this product? Uh, yes, uh, that's a very good question. So, so traditionally, doing a SharePoint development before, obviously, everything had to be packaged in the WSP. It has to be shipped to the customer, and the customer has to uh, install it on their server and, and activate a feature on a, a particular site collection. Usually, that's the life cycle. So, like everybody else, we used to write a lot of server-side code. But really, for the, the idea of this product is a very good fit into the into the apps model because it's a, it's a data visualization and it happens in the browser. So we, we still use our previous SharePoint knowledge, but a lot of the logic has moved to the client side. To answer your question more specifically, before we had JavaScript in WSPs, right? But a lot of background processing still was written in C-sharp on the server side. So that's actually one of the, one of the technical challenges we had to overcome is because the app model it was new. So our primary technical challenge was how do we get a quality product that's easy to use and mature out of this new development paradigm? So we had to overcome some issues and to restructure our code to be best adapted to this environment. So that's probably the biggest change in terms of technical challenges we had to overcome from the traditional SharePoint development model. And so because it was all JavaScript, what types of frameworks are you using here? Like I can see in terms of the visualizations, you've got things like Google Maps graphs and tree map charts and area graphs and bubble graphs and histograms and dial gauges. Are there particular frameworks you used as part of this product to, to build this out? Uh, absolutely. So we use um, quite a few popular frameworks like jQuery, like Bootstrap, D3. But uh, the one thing I, want, I would like to point out is the graphs itself is not a packaged framework, something like high charts. So we, we don't use that. So what we do is we, we wrote ground up from D3, uh, our own own rendering core. So the reason why we did that is we felt at the, in the beginning we, we could use a off-the-shelf sort of charting library, but we felt that wasn't flexible enough in the end, uh, especially to make it compatible with SharePoint. For example, if you if you have a SharePoint person or group lookup column, you really have to have your own logic there to interpret that this data and to be able to graph it. So we wrote a lot of things ourselves. Uh, a lot of technology is proprietary. Um, but in terms of uh, the frameworks we've been using, so all the popular stuff, jQuery, Bootstrap, D3. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to think what else we use. Uh, that's probably the biggest three. And then I mean, it seems very focused right now on SharePoint, but do you have kind of guides on how you would maybe integrate with some of the other APIs to do visualizations as well? Is that something you've looked into? 
yes. Um, so we try to deposition this product exactly right in the marketplace, and it's not always easy to do. So a future roadmap for this for this product is to be more integrated with SharePoint, with other perhaps, so we follow Microsoft's roadmap quite closely, right? So every time there's a new integration point into SharePoint with other APIs, with Office 365, always consider whether there's an opportunity here for the for the user to be able to visualize the data uh, easily. But for now, I think we want to focus on just as a SharePoint product. Uh, what I'm trying to say is we don't want to deviate to become more like a generic BI type of offering. So we want to stay SharePoint, we want to stay specifically SharePoint, and we want to stay geared towards the end user rather than become another BI offering. So this product is really a complement to a full-blown BI solution like Power BI or Tableau. So it's really a complement to that. So this is a easy to use app yeah, for, for the end user and is that a SharePoint. And so with the SharePoint hosted notion, how, you know, obviously you're, you're iterating on this. I can see from the store you're on a different version to when you first shipped the product. Sure. How are you managing versioning within the SharePoint hosted add-in? Every time there's an, there's an update, we go through the, the process to update the app in the store. So this has been largely very beneficial right now. It's really a very good example of showing the power of this new development model because the installation, the upgrade, the update and configuration is really done through the store. So from the user's point of view, they have great confidence because it's hosted using a managed or a managed API, a managed way. So we go through the standard process and we feel this is a lot easier compared to the traditional development where you had to to support a lot of different versions at the same time and you had to ship to each individual customers. So this is a lot better from the development point of view. And with this, does this only work with SharePoint Online or have you made this so that this this is compatible with SharePoint Server and SharePoint Server 2016, for instance? It supports on-premise and online. So we support SharePoint 2013, any edition, and SharePoint 2016 and uh, SharePoint Online as part of Office 365. So that's one of the advantages of being a SharePoint hosted app because there's no server-side code, you see. You don't have to do server-to-server trust or any authentication uh, configuration, so it just works. Everything runs in the browser. And then have you seen from the store perspective, what benefits has that given you by being as part of the store.office.com? The first thing is um, with the visibility, right? So because every every app uh, submitted to the store needs to go through an approval and testing process, and then you get listed. So first is visibility. Secondly is, uh, as I mentioned before, the installation, the upgrade, the update. They are all managed now and go through the same process. So we feel like it's a much uh, unified process from the end, end user's point of view and from our point of view as developers as well. And then, so I, I guess the benefit I've been hearing a lot from partners more recently is that it, there is really no steps to provision this into a SharePoint environment. It'll just kind of do it, the store will kind of provision it for you in the site rather than kind of having to have like a separate exe file and speaking to a farm admin or the site collection owner to get it in there yes you can kind of if you are the site collection admin kind of go in and install this product directly into site collection and evaluate it yes uh, i'll tell you one, one feature that we really like so every time you submit a new new version to the store all the instances out there uh, after maybe 24 hours or something like that we'll have an update button 
the users can just click this update button and the app gets updated. So this is really nice. So we don't really have to worry about how many instances uh, is out there, how many users uh, is out there. So so this is all done automatically through the store and through the infrastructure. It's, it's very nice. And and so with that in mind, like really with the updates, all you're doing is either overriding existing JavaScript files or adding new JavaScript files and CSS and images. Is that is that right? Uh, that's that's hundred percent right. Yes. Um. So because everything runs in the browser and there's no state being stored, so updating is easy. There's still some persistent data being stored in SharePoint, but the logic itself can be updated quite easily, as you said. And so with your visualizations, there's a few ways you can actually see them used in in your screenshots here and where I've played with it in my own SharePoint site collection is either jumping into the four-page application by launching it from site contents because the SharePoint has that and comes up as an add-in in the site contents page. But also, as well as having that full page that you just totally control and just have your navigation bar at the top to get back to the site collection, you can also have app parts that you, or add-in parts, sorry, that you add to the page. What were some of the kind of technical considerations you had to have around app parts on a SharePoint page? From a technical point of view, the app part is, a, is an iframe with, uh, with some special configuration around it. So we really approach it, approach it from usability point of view. So if you look at how a graph is created and published, saved and published. So if you follow the life cycle, so the first thing is you, you want to launch this app from where the data is. So you launch it from a ribbon, from a list or a document library. And once you launch it, you go into your full page design mode where you can design a graph. And also, also you can design a visual column as well. Right, so you're going to this design mode. So once, once you're, you're happy with what you've designed, you can save or publish it. And uh, uh, in terms of the visual columns, you, what you, can, you can save it. You don't need to publish. Once you have a graph, you have a unique URL, then you can go back to the any SharePoint pages and edit the pages, a normal SharePoint web part page, and add the app part onto the, onto the page. So in, in terms of um, uh, architecture and technical consideration, it's just about to make the graph very presentable and ex- exactly sized and configured correctly, whether you're in a, in a design mode or uh, in, a, in a display mode in a web part. And so with the fact that the app part is an iframe, like obviously we've had some feedback in the past that it's very hard sometimes to get these things added onto the page of the sizes. So how do you guide your end users? Um, do you get them to kind of open up the property panes of an app part and, and do things that way? So when you add the uh, app part onto the page, it displays some instructions and best practices and links and materials like that. So first of all, to answer your question about sizing, so we have a default size we feel is big enough to display any graph. So from memory, it's something like 600 by 400, something like that. So we have a default size that's big enough. So once you put a graph on the page in the web part, you only view it. You don't design it using that. So if you want to design, you click on the link, it takes you back to the full screen design mode so you can you can design. So we feel we experimented with designing inside the web part, and the, the conclusion we reached is it's just not good enough in terms of usability. So yeah. we have a strict separation of full page design experience or partial page rendering uh, experience of just viewing. Which is really just like the display view of the chart that shows yes. like on the page. Absolutely. And from your user base, what, what kind of things do you see? Do you see them adding lots and lots of app parts to one page and using different page layouts to kind of 
display them as dashboards or is it more like one app part gets added to a page in context of the, the content around it? I guess we see both. Um, so the, the two major features of this app is uh, the graphs and the visual columns. So let's talk about the graphs first. So typically we see two use patterns. One is one graph per page, but the page is a wiki page. So the customers could be writing about a wiki page, about a project or something like that. So as part of the graphing they want to embed into the wiki page, they can talk about project progress, for example. And then they can say, okay, look at this graph, and it's live. Right? This is not just a picture, it's a live rendered graph. So uh, we see a lot of that. And uh, the second usage pattern is, uh, is dashboards, as you say. They typically put maybe four or five graphs on one page, put some text around it. And they're usually quite related. This reminds me of one of the technical challenges we, we couldn't overcome with the iframe-based app part is getting web parts to talk to each other. There are some technical possibilities of doing message posts and doing things like that. But um, because the API there is really just the standard JavaScript API, there's no Office 65 context around that passing messages between web parts, I mean. Yeah. So we had some challenges there. Um, so we don't have any features right now that you can connect web parts to talk to each other. But partially, that's because we don't really have a strong use case for that now. But in terms of technical possibilities, so this is perhaps is where it's lacking a little bit of having a unified messaging API between web parts. So the second major feature is the visual columns feature. So typically, the use case here is something like task list. So you know how you have a, a task standard SharePoint task list, you have a percentage column, you have a priority column. So people can just easily go into your page and say, look, display me a, a, a visual progress bar that's based on the uh, already existing progress column. Or show me a red rectangle if the priority of this task is high. So that that's a pretty typical use case of visual columns. And we, we we, we, we want to develop more features like this, very specifically SharePoint, uh, and uh, it, which you can't find in out-of-the-box SharePoint experience. And you're just using client-side rendering CSRs to do the column rendering to get those visualizations in the list views, or yes, yes, we we've, we follow the standard um, out of the uh, out-of-the-box approach, which is um, modifying the JS link of the of the column and using client-side JavaScript to render using the CSR pattern. Right, okay, that makes sense. Cool. And then with regards to like other things inside SharePoint, um, with like you've mentioned about the app add-in parts in terms of like adding those to the page and, and so forth, do you ever get the requirement to for to automatically add those to pages? Is that something that like building a dashboard with multiple charts that are pre-baked rather than that manual adding? It's very um, a very good question. One of the technical challenges I forgot to mention just now is we couldn't, maybe it's our ignorance, but we couldn't find a way to batch provision this app with pre-configured configuration. So we haven't looked really that hard to definitively say you can't do it, but it seems there's no way right now to be able to say, I want to provision this add-in from the store to a thousand subsites with a pre-configured template. So maybe you couldn't do that now. So we do have requests for especially larger customers where they want to embed this add-in as part of their site template. 
my understanding of it is that's not possible now from add-ins distributed through the store. Yeah, unfortunately, you, yeah, that, there's no way to do that through the store add-in, especially with the SharePoint hosted add-in. In Office 365 Patents and Practices, which uh, VESA heads up, you go to dev.office.com slash PNP. There's actually samples there that show you how to do some of that provisioning, but it does actually require you to do kind of managed code approaches to that um, using provider-hosted add-ins, and that's technically been our preference to date in the PMP stuff is really around provider-hosted add-ins and not SharePoint-hosted add-ins. But I think what was interesting with kind of just speaking to you guys from a partner perspective is, you know, the SharePoint-hosted add-ins really does allow you to very, make it very, very easy to deploy what you've done on both SharePoint Server 2013, 2016, and SharePoint Online without kind of, as you say, those moving parts of a provider-hosted add-in, which is a web server somewhere, IIS typically, and then obviously that the trust setup we should mention, which is that S2S trust. So we do see that the SharePoint-hosted add-ins are the most popular because it doesn't require any additional kind of infrastructure and security setup to get things going. So that, that that's one thing of interest. Absolutely right, Jeremy. And so at any point in time, just out of interest, did did you get to the point where you're like, ah, oh, maybe we do need to flip this to provider-hosted add-ins or maybe say, look, we'll do um, the Visualizer Plus, which is in provider-hosted add-ins that gives you those features that you can't get to as part of SharePoint-hosted add-ins? Yes, it's actually an agonizing decision for us in the beginning because um, because we did realize in the beginning, okay, so the architecture decision in the beginning obviously will impact the product lifeline uh, a lot. So we thought, okay, we really like the simplicity of the SharePoint-hosted add-in, like, like you just said. But also we like the, 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 the power of the uh, provider-hosted add-in, especially backhand backhand constant processing which we we couldn't do now okay so but at the time we looked at the idea of the product and we feel okay so data visualization putting from a list or document library data displayed in the browser is perhaps the best use case to showcase the power of the SharePoint host uh, add-in. It doesn't require a lot of backend processing, okay? So that's why we went with that, and, and we got rewarded quite a lot because uh, it's easy to set up, and uh, uh, as you said, it's easy to update. There's, there's no additional infrastructure we had to look after. So in terms of roadmap, we are considering, because one of the things we really want to do is once you design a, a graph, we want to pre-process it. So every time you, you want to view it, you really view the cached version as much faster than reloading the data, reprocessing it, re-rendering it. So that's one of the things we want to do and we can't do now because because the, the restraint of the architecture. So one of the things we're, we're hoping to see in terms of, um, of Office 65 is the further development and maturation of, of the Adam model. So we're hoping that the apps model in the future will be will have maybe a sweet spot in the balance between complexity and power. So maybe in the future we can have an add-in model where you can do backend processing, but with simplified infrastructure, but still have the benefit of uh, the SharePoint hosted add-in to update the core logic. Yeah, so without the additional infrastructure is what you're saying. Maybe simplified infrastructure without things like server-to-server trust. I don't know how you do it technically. It is difficult to, to simplify complexity, you see? So maybe to simplify how you set up and maintained rather than its core functions. 
So from from our point of view, the the backend processing is is attractive. Yeah, we'll let, we'll have some news to share in the next few months actually around all that stuff, which is exciting. We've been very quiet in the SharePoint space, um, waiting with uh, the reorgs that happened within the company where Jeff Teeper came back as CVP, where now the, the fruits of that labor of kind of the, the spec phase and the functional designs, um, walking around building 34 and seeing all the mock-ups on all the walls has been has been cool. And now we're at the stage where we're nearly ready to disclose what that work entails. So um, I'm really, really excited to kind of get that out the door and be able to just share that with you all so that you can see like where we're going based on the feedback we've heard from people that have been using the Addy model for a while now, both the SharePoint hosted Addy model and the provider hosted Addy model too. So um, yeah, definitely keep your eyes and ears and everything else to the ground as a SharePoint developer moving forward um, as we do that. So that should be should be interesting for you guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, look, I really appreciate you jumping on the call. I appreciate you getting on very, very early in the morning and <laughs> being so alert with the, the line of questioning. So a big thank you. Um, so how do people get in touch with you and, and, and evaluate this product? What's the best places to go to for that? Uh, sure. Um, so obviously the first point is uh, our website, and this this product is listed on the Office Store right now. So in ten minutes you can download it into your environment, have a play with it. So look, if you're a SharePoint developer or a SharePoint consultant, you work with SharePoint, and you want to know our experience with Office 365 and development the development story, get in touch with us. Also, we run a, a pretty successful partnership program. So if you are interested in business opportunities in partnering with us, get in touch with um, with us, uh, especially with uh, with uh, Jasper. So yeah, through our website and go into the store and uh, download the add-in and have a play. Absolutely, that's excellent. Thanks very much. Well, look, enjoy the rest of your uh, week, guys, and um, hopefully uh, people who are kind of in SharePoint land already will kind of go down to the store and download that Black Compass Visualizer and see how it works. And I appreciate you sharing so candidly some of the technical challenges you've had and decisions you've made along the way in building the product. Okay. Um, lastly, we would like to very much thank Microsoft and uh, thank you, Jeremy, for this opportunity. We are very grateful. So thank you. No, you're welcome. I'm glad you uh, got on the show and told us your story. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Jeremy. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys and girls. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all of our other podcasts and all of our amazing resources. You can also check here for more information on our developer program where you can get a one-year, three developer tenant to stop building against the Office 365 platform. We're always here to chat with you on the Office 365 technical network on aka.ms slash office365devpodcastyam. Or you can follow us on Office Dev on both Twitter and Facebook. So until next week, guys, get coding. Get coding.